From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up. Uh, presents the Sunday Sprint for Week 17 of the National Football League season. The Jets are alive and Mike White is the quarterback, Luke Morrow. Let's go. Happy 2023. What a day. <laughs> uh, where are we? Are you back in Charleston? I am. Okay, so from Charleston to... You know, to wherever yep. we wake up today and you think about last night and you think about the duel, I mean both games, but, but the duel that was Stetson Bennett and C.J. Stroud and my God, I mean, just what can you say other than that was just outside that, that kicker's range. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, two great games. And finally, if you go back and you look, all these semifinal games have been blocked. The average margin prior to this year was like 22. Yeah. We've got two great games. We got an upset last night, obviously, with TCU in that first game. Uh, we'll see what that means for the national championship. But, yeah, two games that came down to the final play, high-scoring games, good offenses, and finally we got a great semifinal. Why we continue to do this on New Year's Eve, pushing the end of that Georgia-Ohio State game up against the ball drop, I don't know. I don't think it's the best thing for the sport, but at least we got two great games, and uh, we'll see what Georgia-TCU bring in the national championship in about eight days. Do you have you, have you seen the cut-up? Of the ball drop and the kick? No, I have not. That kick was that that field goal attempt, the sixty yarder for or sorry, fifty yarder for Ohio State that fell short, was kicked in twenty twenty two and landed in twenty twenty three. How about that? How about that? So now we by the way. What? Just real quick, people always complain about how long baseball games take. Yes. College football, these games take forever. People don't mind as much because there's a lot of action and points. But remember, that game kicked off just after 8. It's going to after midnight. I mean, that's a four-hour football game. That's a long time. Uh, but I guess when you score 83 points, nobody really seems to mind as opposed to uh, baseball games that take over three hours. Well, my point is that their half times are still like a bajillion minutes long. That's fair as well. Yeah, that doesn't help. And that, to me, um, to to me, you know, the um, the way that I look at it is, I get that the bands have to be out there. I'm a former high school marching band guy myself. I loved it as much as anybody. But can you just rejigger this? Because these halftimes are too long. You've got Super Bowl-length halftimes for regular season college football games. That's what makes these games go longer. And that is going to have an impact tomorrow night with Bill's Bengals. And, And ESPN already saying proactively for the entirety of that game, go to ABC or ESPN Plus if the Rose Bowl goes long. interesting which it's bound to go along with a 5 p.m kick yes they've pushed oh, yeah. back the, the the start of that monday night football game to 8 30 but there's not much more they can do that game is going to kick right there at like 8 32 bills bengals yeah that's interesting we'll 
see how it plays out. Yeah, so let's start there, actually, and work backwards. Bills, Bengals, obviously a lot of implications. One of the things that I've thought has been interesting is that the Bills have had weather issues all over the place. We're not going to have that tomorrow night. They're going to be outside. It's going to be cold. They're going to be, though, in dome-like condition in, in the sense that they're not going to have any, um, any uh, you know, issues. And um, I, for me, I just wonder, Joe Cool, Josh Allen, two high-scoring offenses, you get them out of a dome. You get them on real fields that they'll be playing on through the playoffs. This is going to be a real test of where these two teams are. Yeah, I mean, this should be a lot of fun. I hope, hopefully this is one of the better games of the year. And this late in the season, you know, it's one of these uh, kind of like a preview of the AFC title game. Uh, the Bengals, I, I don't know. You know, when I watch these teams, I feel like the Bills have a few more holes right now than Cincinnati. But then you look back the last couple games for the Bengals, and like last week against New England, Really, a game they were fortunate to win on the road. New England fumbled inside the five when they were going in to take the lead. They also missed a couple of extra points that, that could have led to them kicking a field goal at the end of the game to win. The whole thing was a mess for New England. And the week prior was that game against Tampa Bay where the Bengals were down 17 nothing, and then the Bucks have that bad uh, faked uh, uh, punt and the, the turn it over five times or whatever it was, and the Bengals come back and win. So, you know, the last two weeks specifically, Cincinnati, I hate to use the term luck, because as Bill Parcells would say, you create your own luck. Uh, but Cincinnati yes, playing really good football, probably the best in the league. But in the last two weeks, I look back, I mean, those two games really very well could have been losses to two teams that are, you know, around 500. So now I'm curious to see Monday Night Football at home, big game, the whole nation's watching. I'm sure the Bengals are going to come out and play well. Uh, but I do think I like Buffalo in this game, despite Cincinnati, uh, to me, has probably been more... Um, uh, consistent, I guess, throughout the year. Buffalo, I have some concerns. Their red zone offense, Josh Allen turned it over a little too much this year, but I think Buffalo does get the win on the road Monday. What's interesting about the Bengals is, is we've talked about Super Bowl hangovers, and I should have had somebody look this up, but I didn't. We've had no Super Bowl returnees since the Pats, right? I believe so. We've had no back-to-back winners since the Pats. I don't know when the last yeah. time we've had a Super Bowl returnee. It's just really hard to get there. And now, coming on this time in the season, it's a really interesting point with only one bye available and you wanting that rest, um, especially if you're Buffalo, who's still a little banged up. Yeah, it's true. It's huge. And uh, to your point, yeah, I mean, you think back in recent years, the Falcons, the, the Panthers, even the Eagles went through a couple of years. Usually it's the, the hangover, ironically, usually is more so for the team that loses, which, of course, was the Bengals. So credit to them that they came out a little sluggish to start this year. And it looked like maybe they were dealing with a little bit of a hangover. But once they uh, righted the ship and the offensive line gelled a little bit more and they got a little healthier, Joe Burrow had that offseason surgery. They've been playing really good football. So uh, this should be a fun one tomorrow night and uh, a great quarterback battle for sure. Uh, we are sprinting here on the Sunday sprint. Um, your Vikings against the Packers. Where are you right now in the Minnesota universe? I mean, you you win last week because you win on a sixty yard field goal. Yeah. What's ha- What this team? I mean, you, the country. Like, wh- what's happening here? <laughs> Well, good question. You know, sometimes you just have a team where 
I don't want to say a team of destiny, but sometimes you just have a team where it's just their year. Now, with all that said, I have been anticipating all season that the shoe is going to drop probably in the playoffs. That's usually what happens. You've been saying that for weeks, and it still has not happened. <laughs> yeah, because the Vikings, they don't do it in the regular season. They wait until the playoffs when your hope is the highest and you have actual expectations and the stage is the biggest, and then that's when they really choke and rip your heart out. So that's what I'm anticipating. Today, though, you know, I am worried about today. I felt confident the last few weeks about their games. This one, you go to Lambeau. The Packers, obviously, season's on the line. They've been playing better football lately. Should have lost last week, but they've been playing better. And it's a 425 game that's essentially a national TV game. It's going to be on in almost every market. So then, of course, you worry about Kirk Cousins outside at Lambeau, not 1 p.m., essentially a primetime game. This is where he struggles. What is he going to bring it's to the in the 30s. It's not like it's in the teens. It's in the 30s. Uh, well, you're used to playing indoors where it's, you know, 71 <laughs> degrees and comfortable, so a little bit different. Uh, a place to play. National TV. You're talking to Nance and Romo this week. That probably, you know, builds the pressure in the mind of Kirk Cousins. So uh, we'll see how he does. Look, for for my money, Aaron Rodgers' body language looks way different. Doesn't he look more excited to play football every week? And yes, winning helps. But the way that he's been able to get this going, he just looks better. And that, to me, is like, uh-oh. You got a guy who physically looks better and looks more interested. I mean, he looked flat out disinterested in some of these early season games. And you're playing in big windows, which means there's a camera always on you. And for my money, I thought that, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers was disinterested at times. And I think that going forward, what's going to be really interesting um, for the rest of this run is, in, in, in the back of your head, I think you have to be thinking, the Vikings have one more push, the Vikings have one more push, no, no lead is safe. If the Packers do get out to a lead here of some, you know, depth of, of, of some substance, do they still do pedal to the metal, trying to literally not make it, you know, just eliminate the possibility of you guys coming back? Because what you've done this year is absurd. Yeah, I think it's what, 11 and 0 now, or maybe 12 and 0. And 12 and 0. It's just so. From the Packers, I think I think the Packers win this game. I think you lose out. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't you know can't let a team hang around. The one thing I'll say for Green Bay, Rodgers is playing better, but he has four interceptions the last four games. He made a couple of plays last week, like the the interception that he did throw. He took a sack, uh, at least one sack with the goal to go situation. He still there's still think these things that happen that you watch and you say like yeah, you know that never used to happen with Rodgers. Something's still a little bit off. And if Christian Watson isn't playing today for Green Bay, uh, he's going to be a game time decision. It looks like last I saw, uh, that could be a big loss too because he's really gotten going. That's helped the offense and, and just the team play better these last few weeks as he replaces Devontae Adams. If he's unavailable, uh, that's a big weapon they lose on offense. Now you're relying on you know Lazard and Cobb and, and whoever else uh, that they've been piecing it together with this year. So uh, Watson in or out uh, could be a big thing for this game later on. Did I wish you a Happy New Year? No, Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. I got so caught up in last night and everything that I forgot to wish you a Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 
Roe Camaro of the Sunday Sprint. Welcome to 2023. Yes, 2023 with a bang. Um, look, here's what I think about Jet Seahawks. Long time to wait. <laughs> Long, these 405 kicks don't do me good, dude. Yeah. This is a long time to wait. And it's a long trip. And this Seattle team facing Geno Smith, um, I've heard they're good. This is going to be my first time really seeing them um, and and getting a chance to look at them. But from what I've heard, they're really good. So with all that being said, Mike White's back, the Mike White revolution. He's going to have all his receivers today. The big key in my mind for the Jets is... Big play possibilities, BPP. Do we start seeing Mike White be able to step up in the pocket and make those down the field throws that Zach was having so much trouble with, that the reset was having so many issues with? The reason why we went to a college you know, type system with Streveler uh, last Thursday night, we've had the mini buy. We've had a chance to reset as a team, as a fan base, as a coaching staff. What I want to see out of this team today is a renewed sense of not only urgency, but a renewed sense of let's get the ball down the field to our receivers, whether it's Elijah or Garrett or Corey. And by the way, can you run Michael Carter and not Bam Knight first? Can Michael Carter become the primary running back again? Thank you. Now, defensively, the, the, the Jacksonville game, I think, is, a, is an anomaly purely because this defense is bound to have a bad game. And I think when you see... Uh, the, the way this team has, has rallied around Mike White has been very interesting. Luke, we talked about body language earlier when it came to Aaron Rodgers. And the body language around Mike White has been really, really interesting around this team. These guys playing for somebody and something. I think it's going to be really interesting if Mike White gets off to a hot start. If the, if the defense starts playing better. That's something to look for. Yeah, I like the spot for Mike White and the Jets. Uh, people say Seattle's a tough place to play. It can be, but Sam Darnold went in there and won earlier this year. So, you know, the Mike White can do the same. And it's a big addition back for that offense against the Seahawks defense that statistically is like bottom five in the league. So there'll be opportunities for the Jets. And as you, you kind of touched on, like the Jets, yeah, they've lost four in a row, but you know, they haven't allowed more than 20 points in the last three games, so the defense is still playing well. Geno Smith turned back into a pumpkin uh, these last few weeks. Seattle's offense has really struggled the past month. So I like the Jets. I know they're favored in Seattle. I, I think they should go in there and win this game, and Mike White should play well. I'm a big Mike White guy, and I think that's a big boost for the offense today. You disrespected Rams and Chargers fans, by the way, who are the other people getting that 425 national game. Yeah, barely, just in their markets. Yes, but but is that what will save Kirk Cousins? <laughs> you know what? If the Vikings win, uh, yeah, I guess so. We can thank uh, the, the fans of those two markets that, that kept him from being on in every uh, room in the country. A game that was flexed out, if you remember. <laughs> A game was supposed to be a primetime game. Ended up back in CBS when they lost Steelers-Ravens. Um all right, we're low on time. We're not done yet, but we're a little low. I just want to run through a couple other games 
for you. I don't know who is going to win the NFC South. What I do know is that the Panthers and Bucks um, game is going to have a, a, a part in that. And for me, it is Tom Brady not turning the ball over. Like Aaron Rodgers, he also has made some dumb decisions. Can Aaron Rodgers, sorry, can Tom Brady hold on to the football, please? Seriously, you know, we've been waiting for that turnaround. Oh, it's Tom Brady. They'll figure it out. It hasn't really happened. And no. I've been home. So, you know, they're home today. Season's essentially on the line here. Division's on the line. You figure this is a classic. Oh, Tom Brady will take care of business, but it's hard to expect that. Last week, they barely beat the Cardinals and their third-string quarterback. Uh, they, they have not been good at home. Every game is too close for comfort. Um so I, I really don't know what to expect in this game. You would say, based off the history, Brady's got to win at home to go uh, wrap up the division. But you just can't trust this team. And the Panthers on the other side are playing really good football since firing Matt Rule. So uh, this should be a really interesting game for the for the NFC South. Colts, Giants. Giants trying to clinch a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, you're at home against the Colts. You should be able to win, but... We know Daniel Jones has been better on the road than at home. The question for the Colts is just, what are you getting out of them? They had that uh, biggest blown lead against the Vikings, of course, 33-0. They come back with extra time to prepare. They make a quarterback change at a Monday Night Football. That was just embarrassing against the Chargers this past Monday. Now you go on the road to the Giants. It's the second-to-last game of the season. You have an interim head coach. You've used three different quarterbacks. You know, do the Colts, do they show up? Do they care anymore? Or are they already booking their, their off-season travel and looking forward to this season finally ending in about eight days? You're saying golf course uh, tee times have been booked? Yeah, exactly. It's been such a disaster of a season for the Colts. They may just be you know, looking forward to getting it over with. Um, and then the other game that I'm going to bring up is Dolphins-Patriots. Yeah. Two Jets wins and one Pat loss. And the Jets are in the playoffs. Tua's not going to play again this year, most likely. We play the Dolphins next week. Bills play the uh, Pats next week. Unknown what will be on the line for the Bills. That game is really intriguing. I'm still not a Mac Jones guy, and yet right now, if the season ended today, Mac Jones is in the playoffs. How about that? If, uh, you know, obviously, no uh, Tua, but I still like the Dolphins' offensive personnel better than New England's, even with Teddy Bridgewater. And usually this is a spot where Bill Belichick against backup quarterback, you like it. But again, much like Brady, this is not the same operation we're used to with Belichick and New England in years past. And also, it's more maybe of a betting tidbit, but this line is so short. Teddy Bridgewater is the best uh, underdog quarterback in the history of the NFL. He's an underdog here in New England, stepping into a big game. No one's probably expecting much from him. This is when he does well. When he's expected to win and his team's favored, and that's usually where Teddy struggles. But when you're not expecting much and, you know, you're going up in a spot where uh, a loss is anticipated, that's where Bridgewater can surprise you. So I think i like the Dolphins to win here on the road because even without Tua, they, to me, they still have the better offense. It's going to be interesting. Because I think the Pats are going to tease and then the Dolphins are going to go whoop. 
and the Jets are going to win. <laughs> it's going to be Jets-Dolphins next week with the playoffs on the line. Oh, no. Luke, help me. <laughs> That's what makes it fun. No, I can't. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm already getting nervous. I'm already getting nervous. We're at the end of our show. <laughs> We're at the end of our show. I know. Game of the week, I think you and I would both agree, is Bills-Bengals. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, sleeper game, I think we touched on basically every game that matters. Is there another one you want to throw out there? Uh, no, I mean, I guess, no, I don't know. I was going to say Texans-Jaguars because I think the Texans make, you know, they could actually win, but now that I think about it, that game's irrelevant. It comes down to next week for the Jaguars anyways, so yeah. you can sleep on it. I, I, I don't know, yeah, I mean, we touched on all the games that are worth mentioning, I guess. There's no uh, a golf, but there is a game to watch golf during. Which one? That is Saints-Eagles. Ooh. No Jalen Hurts. Sorry. Not a Gardner fan. Yeah. Uh, I know there's playoff implications. I know all that. I know all that. Sorry. Goodbye. I'll say Cardinals-Falcons. The Cardinals are down to their fourth-string quarterback. Falcons are starting a rookie. Both teams' seasons are over. Uh, I mean, come on. Who's bothering watching that game? Fourth-string quarterback. Yeah, how about that? Second most quarterbacks used in an NFL season this year, only behind the strike season. Yikes. Not good. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Um, your personal player to watch? We are, you know, we already mentioned uh, Kirk Cousins in a big spot. But I'm going to go a little <laughs> more here. And I'm going to say Justin Fields because I believe he's like 200 rushing yards away from, I think it's the rookie record or maybe just quarterback record. I don't know, some sort of rushing record and he's going up against the Lions who he had 170 140 rushing yards the first time and this Lions defense is not very good he got two games left in the season so I'm going to say Justin Fields because uh, he could set some sort of not rookie record it's the second year he could set some sort of rushing record uh, especially if he has a big day against the Lions today. guess who my personal watch today is who just guess Mike White no it is Garrett Wilson. Oh. Because that is who Mike White elevated Garrett, right? And and Garrett, sure-handedness. We need catches. We had too many drops last week, among everything else. Sure-handed catches. I need catches, please. Yes, please. Catches. Luke, that's it. That's our show. All right. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Justin Fields, 195 rushing yards behind uh, the most for a quarterback in the season. That's what it was, just to clarify. And who holds that record currently? Lamar Jackson. Okay. Still absent Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. Yes. Which is a problem for them as they try to figure out what their uh, future (laughs) is going to be for these playoffs. Luke, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you all for listening to this edition of the Sunday Sprint.